0: Life and Legacy, a podcast all about helping you navigate these hyper-sexualized times of ours so that you can create sexual integrity, heavenly sexuality, and just basically enjoy life the way that it was intended. And today's episode is really cool. I handpicked somebody that I kind of know kind of well, which is my wife. And the reason is we had a lot of requests for this. It's a continuation from when I discussed in a solo cast about my journey uh, over the past few years and especially with my wife's depression. People want to know about how to overcome depression and this is not a cure-all and we don't have all the answers but this is our testimony. It's how my wife and I dealt with her postpartum symptoms and all the stuff that came after our second son. And we are happy to you know answer any questions if you have any that arise, but don't take our word as gospel, just take it as our testimony. We are happy and free to divulge any information that you need, so please ask any questions that you have in your heart and enjoy a podcast with my beautiful, lovely wife, Uyunga. special little dealio going on today. Weunga, my wife, and I, Andrew, are here sitting on the ground very humbly in our Balinese estate, I want to call it an estate, um, that we've been in during lockdown, and um, today the reason why we're doing this podcast in particular is A, first of all, the trend of High Noon is that people... Uh, Sammy and I had a conversation today, and really, it's been the Sammy and Andrew song. We've been the ones speaking and representing High Noon for a few years now. But there's a a, a clear need for a chorus, more voices being added to this beautiful choir. Sammy was singing soprano, and I was bass, and now we have all the notes in between. Jab, jab at Sammy. Um, but, so that's the first reason, is we want to include more voices, as always, in our webinars and in our podcast. And secondly, is this is actually a requested episode because after the rantisode that I had where I was talking about my wife's depression, as a part of it, we actually got quite a few people asking us to go into details as to how did my wife really see the other side of depression? How did she get through that dark tunnel? What did we do as a couple? They were mostly interested in her, actually, because <laughs> I, I brought up her story. So we're going to hear from her. So welcome, my beautiful, stately, regal wife, Uyanga. Love.
1: Thank you. <laughs>
0: you got to speak into the mic, honey.
1: Okay. Thank you so much.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. So we're like we're lit. We're on the ground, sitting on the hard floor. And we have to kneel in just to speak into... We're sharing one mic. It's very cute. We look like a couple little kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so today we wanted to talk about your depression uh, or whatever that was. Depression is a label and it's and it's an important label because it helps everybody have a starting point, right? Um, to know that it's not happiness. It's kind of like sadness. But what you experienced like um wasn't necessarily just classic depression, right? Yeah. So when did it start? Like it wasn't it wasn't until after our second son, Anand, right?
1: Yeah. This S- after second birth.
0: So we had one son and at that point he was two and a half and then um the pregnancy was fine during Anand and then after the birth not immediately after but shortly after something something occurred
1: after his 6 month really yeah okay and then yeah definitely something happened to me i feel that was like spiritual experience but and then you know um human bodies physical body emotional spiritual, mental, all those things is connected and then one thing is affected to another can um, connect and affect together. And then for I feel like um, after second birth, uh, when uh, he become until six months, I think I feel uh, physically very tired and breastfeeding, and then uh, nobody around help, and then I just all day long with two uh, toddler and uh, baby babies, and then Andrew just early morning go out, and sometimes very late night come, and all day I just with the my kids.
0: Okay, wait, wait, we gotta we gotta catch people up. So at that time. We were living in somebody's basement, right? Yeah. Uh, in Maryland, in College Park, Maryland. I thought it was beautiful, but, um, you know, <laughs> I don't think you love that apartment. I was working as a pastor at that time, which basically means you're running around putting fires out all, all day long. And it, I was trying to manage that as well as help my wife out, help my kids out. and But she was at home together with the kids you know all day and she was physically exhausted mm-hmm. also honey can you please mention um the mongolian customs for what happens after you have a baby that's important
1: oh yes yeah every culture is different especially that birth during birth and after birth how to take care of women's bodies and in mongolia we um it's called country and then uh after birth, especially, uh, don't put your hand in cold water and uh, just take care of your body very well. And then I remember growing up, even women woman wearing the uh, summertime winter hat and put the uh, ear the plug and no the cold air in. So take care very well, their body.
0: Again, so she she's living in America and she has this cultural tradition of after you have a baby you d- you cover your head right with a winter hat regardless of the weather you plug your ears cuz you don't want wind to go in your ears um what about showering there's like
1: yes yeah, a no shower for how long a long time ago, it's like w- one month, but now people at least one week, two week. I don't know uh, what people
0: think. So you're not supposed to shower. What are you supposed to eat and sleep and stuff like oh, that? Oh, yeah,
1: exactly. And then uh, someone really um, help you take care of your newborn baby and then as much as you can sleep. And then uh, in Mongolia, we will be like lamb soup especially their mothers together and then they like mothers growing up, you know, that your soul food you can eat and and then through that lamps, of your body recover quickly, something like that. If um, during this time, if you take care of your body very well and then you will be very healthy. If not, and then after a lot of sickness, a lot of problems is come out.
0: Okay, okay. So I, I'm just trying to catch everybody up that, you know, to make this as useful as possible for everybody because um, not everybody was born and raised in Mongolia. Surprising fact. In fact, hardly anybody is. Uh, but uh, what, what is happening is, you know, it's very unnatural. Human beings right now are in a very unnatural state because we're disjointed, right? We, you and I were both living, we're immigrants to America, yeah. Um, our families live far apart. And even when my mom came to kind of help you, it wasn't as helpful because she didn't, she wasn't aware and as kind of sympathetic about your culture and your yeah. traditions, right? And yeah. um, so Uyunga was starting out in a deficit already because she didn't have really the support to help take care of her, it's somebody to serve her. I had to take care of our family by making money and doing stuff, right? But there's nobody to really take care of her. She was taking care of a baby, but she never really had time to heal. So she was in a deficit, and she was exhausted, right?
1: Yeah. And, um, well, during Andrew go out to work, and I just, with two baby, I think I'm not so much eat, and I even forget about the eat. And i just get lunchtime and then, like, cook. And that's why, like, I get so skinny, breastfeeding. Yeah, all those things is affected. And and the main thing is um, all these things is after I physically become very weak and then it's become also connected to the spiritual things. And then you mentally become worried, like what's going on with me? You don't understand, what is that? You know, like nobody explained to you, you don't understand uh, something like that.
0: Well, okay, so if you don't eat well, especially if you don't eat what your body needs, uh, you tend to get a little loopy, right? Like, I don't know if anybody here is, if you mess with your sleep cycles too much, you start to get a little bit loopy. Like, if you're an insomniac, you can start to really break down emotionally, physically, you know, you look terrible. Um, so there's, there's that, because you had a newborn baby, you're not sleeping. She's not eating The foods that she feels she needs, and she's not getting the nutrients. You wanted like meat; she just wanted lamb and seaweed. That's basically all she wanted—just soup. soup. She wanted to bathe in soup all day, and she wasn't getting that. And so, physically, she's she's malnourished because she also has. When women breastfeed, I've read that the the highest calorie burning activity that you can do, like more than running, is breastfeeding. And so she's burning all these calories. She's not eating enough, sleeping enough. And so it puts her body off kilter. And that strains the mind because you start to get all these weird mood swings from not eating enough. That puts your spirituality out of balance. Yeah. So it just throws everything out of, out of whack, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then, mm, okay. And then after I, I've ended up like, I feel mm, not so much. Breathing well, mm. and then like my breathing has become very short, and I struggle with my breath. And then, uh, what these things is happening, and then it also uh, ended after one time. I was so tired. I feel like so tired. And then I was asking to Andrew, "Can I go to this spa, like in Korean, in the sauna? Everybody knows that. <laughs> I want to just go into the sauna relax one day." And I asked him, and then and I go to there. And then
0: wait, 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 wait. I got that was a crazy day. This is yeah, she really wanted to go to the spa. We were both exhausted, and i I was really struggling that day. I was really just frustrated because it seemed like you know I was losing my wife right so from the from the other person's perspective, when there's a spouse who's got depression, it's not easy on either one of them, right um, they yeah. both need support and I didn't know what was happening to my wife. She was kind of she didn't look like herself. She was not acting like herself. And then, you know, I was like working overboard. I I was working all the work to like make the money but also really taking care of the kids cuz she was less and less able to do that. And so then one day she's like, oh, I need a spa retreat. And <laughs> at that point, I just was like spiritually struggling so much. I was just like, well, when's my spa day kind of thing? Like I had this like baby, and my inner baby was crying. And so, of course, I supported her because I could see she needed it. But deep inside my heart, I was like, I was really kind of resentful. And so I had a lot of, a lot of negative emotions swirling in me when she left that day. I remember... The car, I remember you driving away. Yeah. And I remember just looking at you and I just had a lot of negativity pulsing through me because I just felt like, from my perspective, I'm a real ambitious person and I thought she was just being weak. I was like, why don't you just buck up, you know? Just kind of suck it up and do some push-ups. <laughs> like that's, It's such a ridiculous muchismo approach. But uh, then she left, okay? this is This is what happens. I have all these negative feelings. Even like... This, this weird uh, sense of, like, what if she got into a car crash? This kind of, like, real kind of weird oh, yeah. negative anger stuff. And it wasn't like I wanted her to get into a car crash, but that's where my mind was going. And then, you know, a few hours go by, she, I hear nothing from her. And then a bunch more hours, and then I get a call from her, and she's like, honey, so I'm in the hospital. <laughs> and I'm like, you What? And then you know it turns out she went to the spa, and you you explain what happened.
1: And then um, go into the um, sauna, Korean sauna. And then I saw in um, front desk they have the massage things. And then like you know like day and night I breastfeeding my like neck is like so hurt and I just need like some nice massage. And I get the one hour massage, and then um, I go to there. And then while doing massage, uh, my body all suddenly, I couldn't breathe. And then all, all my muscle is like tightened up. I cannot, uh, what is that, in hand?
0: So she was experiencing like rigor mortis. Like her, she couldn't, Her she went into a full body spasm and she just tensed everything up. She started to lose, like she went you, you like disappeared like it's like you you left your body right
1: yeah and then even i cannot talk And my altar was she even. clenched
0: her jaw she yeah she and so they they started freaking out the staff there so they called an ambulance yeah. then the ambulance came and my wife was just like in another dimension and she could see like the thoughts of the paramedics and they were like all weird and yeah gross and not really so comforting right and then mm-hmm. uh and then they took her to the hospital and at that point we were really struggling financially too gotta say and then that you know that spot A turned into a thousand dollar spot A because of the <laughs> the hospital bill and i was like oh my god this is <laughs> oh my god
1: yeah that's very interesting things and Okay. Anyway, and then mm, that's the, I think lowest point, and I feel um, died and born again. I feel like wow, that's very interesting. Things is happening.
0: because well, th- I mean that 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 okay, this whole thing lasted years. I wouldn't say it sounds very miraculous when you're know, like you died and you born. You were born again, but in reality, this dragged out for years, right? Yeah. It, uh, and so what people really wanted to know when they asked us to record this was like, how did we cope with this? How did we raise kids? And how how did you improve your situation? Like what, you know, for us, okay, I think we should also explain that, you know, depression is nothing to ignore. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. Um, but it's also nothing to be just accept it as well like we didn't really go the traditional route like we asked for a bunch of help from people we knew but at the same time we didn't just you didn't just take you know prescription drugs and we didn't just uh you know try to do an exorcism or something like that we went in this middle road of like you know eating better trying to sleep more and like what was this process like
1: i really feel um yeah it's for me, it's go through this process is like life and death. Things, I I feel it, I experience it. And then mm, sometimes I even feel like uh, I can feel, I can lose my mind even. I cannot control my mind. That's sometimes I feel it. And then all those things today come out. as like main basic things is like a spouse for each other. I really grateful for uh, Dandro, my spouse. Really, like during that time, is like even we don't know young couple what's going on, and then he is just there for me, and he just tried to listen to me, and then. Um, uh, so
0: really- I was I was trying to understand, and I was trying to be sympathetic, but to be honest, like I was really extremely frustrated too because I just didn't. I saw it as a lack of will and clarity on your part. I was putting a lot of it on you, e- even though, you know, we were fighting a lot back then. It yeah, was very I intense. Yeah, I cried a lot. <laughs> she was crying a lot. She's not the type of person to cry. I am definitely the, the more <laughs> sensitive one, right? And then, you know, do you want to describe that day the, in the car when you? She basically gave me this. She scared the crap out of me because we were driving, and then, and then, what did you do? What happened? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and then uh, that time I feel like Andrew is like not enough time spent with us, like especially for me, like, honey, like, w- how are you doing, you know, like, around me. Because I re- really remember he is very busy working. And then I ask, can you just stay with me, uh, like, um, can I... Buy your time, like what? How much? I really need you. If you leave me now, like you going to meeting, I'm going to die. Like it can't happen. My hand is like again, that muscle is tightening, and I cry like crazy. And then he saw it, and then like please stay with me. Like I wanna buy your time. Come, you know, like
0: she pleaded with me, and in that moment, I was so frustrated, but at the same time, I could feel deeply spiritually it's harder to say any other way than spiritually like i felt it in my veins all my all my hairs were standing up on my arm that um all my senses were saying take this seriously and that was the beginning of when we yeah she basically it boils down to this is like she needed somebody i don't know if you've seen what dreams may come out there but like this this idea that if your spouse is in hell, are you willing to go down into hell with them to liberate them, to help them, to show you, to show them that no matter what, you're there with them. And at that point, I felt like that's the only thing, you know, like there's no winning unless we're together. Right. And yeah. so from that point on, I could see how I could really feel how serious this was. I saw that she was losing herself and she needed an anchor. And there's nobody in this world that could provide that for her but for me. And that's what I signed up for when I got married and blessed to her, right? And yeah. that's the moment when we actually started. Um, we just said, okay, let's change everything. You know, it wasn't wasn't long after that yeah. where we started planning a new life. And um, we packed up our things. We sold a bunch of stuff. We gave a bunch of stuff away. And then we whatever we could fit into our car. And then we, we've been traveling pretty steadily since ever, stand, <laughs> yeah, ever since then. And it came from a need of like, you know, okay, you're used to living in a place. How important is that? Is it more important than the sanity of your spouse? And not everybody needs to take such drastic um, measures, but we did. We had to get out of everything we knew in order to rebuild from from nothing. Yeah. Right? And so was that helpful for you was w- was moving and leaving that environment leaving maryland and starting to travel was it helpful and if so why was it helpful
1: yeah i think that's really um helping us because since there and then like i i was really looking for the like mother like someone really close to me or stay with my kids and Really, like, try to understand, explain to me what's happening. You know, I'm looking for that one, and then um, not really can't find. And then that's how we need to get out from there and then find, like, what is this, you know, and then healing. I'm looking for the. We, as a family we're looking for healing process and then that's yeah one year two year and then eventually last year we go to the Mongolia and he uh, need to travel all over the Europe and then um, Mongolia we stayed for five months and during summertime, and then um, it's kind of Mongolian shaman and they uh, doing massage and Really, like, kind of spiritual healing, physically, spiritually together. And then I get a bunch of the um, go-through healing, that process. Mm. And then um, that's really helpful for me. And then also more important things is, like, I really uh, stand up. Like, I'm going to, you can, like, you know, I'm mentally very strong. Is it like I am allow- allowing to myself like die just like under the sickness, just uh, forever stay like that? Or you really like, I want to get up. I want to dominate these things, you know. And uh, one night I was really determination. And then that's healing me. Like, And then I said, together with the meditation, that was the uh, big process. So
0: meditation has really healed our family a lot. My wife and I... I had severe anxiety because I was in over my head with this whole situation and it was bringing out a lot of frustration in me. Um, and then, you know, meditation helped to calm me down so I could not get swept up in the emotion of the situation, um, see things more clearly. And then also, she's been on this journey with meditation as well to to see through all the all the stuff too, to see more clearly. And, you know, you went to Mongolia. So it sounds like you know, when you have debt, physical, like, you know, financial debt, you have the original balance, but then you have interest that accumulates over time, which we've experienced in the past (laughs) when we had a failed business. uh, It's a painful experience because you just see that amount growing and growing constantly. It's almost impossible to pay off some debts, right? Um, And then you have to go bankrupt. And the same is true mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Like you were You were physically and then mentally and then spiritually in debt for quite a while. And then when we were traveling, it seemed like you were kind of paying off that debt because you were able to relax more. We had less of a financial burden on us so we could enjoy kind of relaxation more, moving up, you know, in the Maslow's hierarchy and then um, slowly relaxing more mentally slowly enjoying more but then right when we thought everything was going well there'd be you know two steps forward two steps back and it's it felt like some days like like we were right back to square one right cuz yeah. we'd be traveling and then you would have another uh, another you you kind of lose yourself again yeah you remember that yeah and then even so you know after After we left Maryland.
1: Well, it's uh, like, that was like, we have three sons. That was like starting from the second son. And then even through that one, we have third (laughs) son. And then that was like, even strong hit me, like, you know. The more I like really like um, struggling with the breed, and then I just like, you know, I'm going to die. Like every second, every time, really fighting with that feeling. Like, I'm going to die. I don't want to die. Like, three small children, like, that was my everyday life. Wait, so life.
0: you're saying when you were pregnant with our last one. So yeah. the last trimester of our last, our third son, um, you know, I was, I went, I traveled to Korea to give a presentation. And I actually had to come back early. I had to get on an early flight because I was getting notice notifications from our midwife that, Luyango was in in panic, and she was starting to panic, and her anxiety was causing early contractions, and she almost went into early labor. And I like I literally got back just in time to calm her down, so that you know we had our last son two weeks later. He almost came a, a couple weeks early, and um, so she was still dealing with with stuff. It would there would be these spikes even after going to Mongolia because. In order to fully pay off the debt and the interest, that's where I was kind of going, is you really have to spend... If she needed a month rest after our second son and she didn't get it, well, now she needs more than a month accumulated, right? And that that keeps on growing and growing. So, you know, it's really taken... Even now we're we're in Bali and we've really... She's been relaxing a lot. Things have really changed, you know, in the past maybe six months you know a year even yeah. they keep on getting better and better because we're just paying off that debt um spiritually mentally physically um you know for her and for me too because it was taxing on the whole family um
1: okay then let me explain that when i go to mongolia i basically find out what is the sicknesses And then, yeah, and basically, Andrew explained this like in um, we are like Western, Eastern people. I'm from Asia in Eastern. He is from Canada. I'm the whitest
0: man in the West.
1: Western culture. And then that medical um, system is also very different, you know, that um, Eastern medical and more traditional, Western is more like a hospital all those drug things. And then mm, he basically, all oh, you is stressed out, you are like depression, whatever all those words is like, ex- what exactly means. But I go to Mongolia and then I really find out this is like a um women after give birth, they go through like that. And then if they not really understand the sicknesses, and then they will be ended after like lifetime mental ill. Uh, they cannot or, like, even they can go suicide, crazy, yeah. suicide yeah. die, or like that. And then, yeah, a lot of I uh, meet with the people, and they was explaining. And then this is, like, crazy sickness. The main part is, like, you look, like, totally fine. People would say, you are fine. And then for, your, for you, for you, is this is, like, life and death, you're feeling it. And then this will be, like, around your people, like, uh, around your family members, it's very difficult, because you give to them, I'm sick, I'm doing this one, and then they look, like, fine. And then they're like, what's wrong with you? And doesn't understand each other, and then a lot of the the argument things will happen. And then, um, yeah, a lot of explanation they um, give it to me, and then basically I, myself, find out, like, what is exactly this means, and then how I can deal with it. And then, yeah, they were saying this is kind of like mental uh, sickness. And then you really need to dominate your mind, you know, like um, the meditation will he- help you a lot, this kind of things. And then the um, energy healing, they doing a massage and things like that. Uh, the, uh,
0: well, can I just step in? Because please. for me, like, you know, we had she's... A, Incredibly strong, um, and all three births were totally natural, you know. And I was there f- and right by her side, and I saw how strong she is. And when you go a route that is that deviates from the norm, right? And in the west, the norm is very medical, very pharmaceutical, and all this stuff. If you go outside of that, You have to really have firm belief and you have to be willing to trust your intuition even when some people tell you you're wrong. When we had our first son, we had an OBGYN, this doctor guy, and then I started doing research about midwives. My sister had her first child with a midwife, and I asked this OBGYN, you know, what do you think about midwives? And he said, if you want to kill your kid, then go get one of those witch doctors. And I was like, "Jeez, Louis. <laughs> so intense. And so I we went with a midwife, but I had that on my conscience that this guy in a lab coat and with a very nice clipboard told me that my actions were to kill my kid. And I had to take full responsibility. That's intense. That's very intense. And so the same thing went for her mental you know, lapse and her spiritual is like the, the Western way was not sufficiently satisfying our curiosity. And so we went to the East and for me, the East, especially Mongolia is very ethereal. And there's like a lot of, gaps in their in their explanation. It's like, oh, it's you have this, you know, spirit with you and we just have to you have to jump up and down or whatever. Right? There's like all these things that the shaman do. And I wasn't willing to go fully blown Mongolian either because, you know, it's so new for me. So it's kind of like we both that was the beautiful part of our of our blessing is that we didn't go fully western or eastern we found this middle ground and that's what we found is the best approach is this integrated east meets west take the best of both right and so we we you know meditation is now kind of popular in the west but you got some wild treatment out in mongolia where the woman was saying that the problem was you had too much Air yeah. inside <laughs> close your... Close to
1: your heart. That's why you're struggling with the breathe.
0: So she had too much air. The explanation in Mongolia was that it was hard for her to breathe because she had too much air in her body, inside her body, and especially close to her heart. And I think that a lot of medical practitioners would laugh at that, but you know what? It really helped my wife more, much more than any pharmaceutical... Could have right, yeah. and that isn't to say that you know that's not some people's path. It's like this is, we're just trying to testify to what what we did right, and yeah. we weren't comfortable. I know some people on some pretty harsh, you know, antidepressant meds, and I, I just I know for some people it's a life sentence, and we didn't we didn't we that was like a last resort for us. um But first, we wanted to explore other paths, and so. I just wanted to explain that because if you're hearing this, most likely, again, you're a Westerner or maybe you're an Easterner and it's hard to explain this. But um, it's really that, that th- there's no one w- right way. Like the East isn't always right. The West isn't always right. You have to really trust your intuition with this stuff because at the end of the day, regardless of all the opinions, you have to accept it within your marriage that we chose this. And it has to be a decision that you can both live with, Right. And so I I was really trying to, it was really hard, to be honest, to take a lot of what I was hearing from this Mongolian side seriously because I didn't even understand (laughs) any of this stuff, you know. Um, But I trusted that my wife believed in it, and that was enough for me to just move out of her way. It's her her feeling, right? It's her life. Mm -hmm. So I have to shut up sometimes and not give my... Googled scientific opinion. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, and then also um, one thing is i really grateful. Uh, that was really, now 2020, that was starting from 2016. We go through the four year, and um, I feel now our family and me uh, basically overcome these things, basically understandings these things. And we, um, our own way, search, and um, our coming, and then today's this level is like really awesome. I'm grateful for God, and uh, I could die, you know. Like um, in Mongolia was uh, the one last um, doctor, who is it, Uh, massagist lady was saying, uh, uh, "Give me the." um, She was talking about a bunch of the. Uh, experience people uh, go through these things, you know, that they just died, you know, when leave their small children. That so i really grateful, like, that was, uh, that can, possible to happen, you know, and then mm, you really listen to your original mind, heart, and uh, centering on God, and then also that your spouse, there for you, really help. Together, we overcome this situation as a family.
0: Yeah, it's a really, it's a family affair, but it's it's really focused on the couple. And um, like we love each other so much more because of this, right? It's I wouldn't recommend that anybody go through some of the dark days that we went through, but at the same time, I can say I love you all, all I want to my wife, but she knows that I, there's nobody else in this world that will kind of take care of her the way that I do. There's there's no doubt in her mind. And likewise, you know, we're really there for each other and we've proven it. It was like a test, you know. Um, and it's still <coughs> not over, you know. But at the same time, the the dark days are so much fewer and farther between and we have more tools to kind of deal with them. And again... You know, we use the term depression very generally in the west. It's a it's a very easy label, but this was definitely like she she had all sorts of symptoms from like like having delusions. You were <laughs> listening to podcasts and feeling like the the guy, the podcast guy she's listening to like a lot of entrepreneurs, they were talking directly to her and I was like, "Honey, no, he's just speaking to everybody he's like no he was talking to me It's <laughs> like oh my god honey are you going?" <laughs> and it's so scary right and so stuff like delusions to just sadness her body didn't want to move a lot of times there's like a lot going on there but to just label it oh she's depressed you're just talking about the result but it was really this imbalance of all the elements that make up a human which is your mind your heart your spirit your body they were they were all suffering, they were all low, you know, and we had to spend time to charge them back up, to plug them back up.
1: Yeah, yeah. that's why I feel like if, um, uh, like Andrew, how he helped me, if, like, the different person, like, oh, like, uh, you look, like, fine, you know, just different way to talk to me or approach to me or, like, doesn't care, and then... It really go through the difficulty, more suffering, and because of the um, how he tried to understand me, support me. So I'm just so grateful.
0: Yeah, and for for anybody out there, I want to say husbands, but this goes either way. Um, if your spouse is giving you like is is crying for your attention, take it seriously, because I really feel like that day in the car when you. I just remember her, how much do I have to pay you for your time, like this kind of thing. She was so desperate for me, and at that point, my cup was so full, I was like, are you kidding me? I am working so hard to try to keep our family together, to make sure the kids are okay, to keep on, you know, I just felt like I was doing everything I could, and for her, it wasn't nearly enough, it wasn't anything. But I could see how serious she she was, and how desperately she needed me, that everything else had to go away even if i had to lose my job even if we had to live on the street it doesn't matter you just at, at those those mo- i feel like if i didn't if i didn't take you seriously then you would have died it yeah i that. go
1: to again to hospital i just uh, yeah. the same thing happening to
0: me i think it would have been really bad i i don't know i don't even want to entertain that too much but mm-hmm. it was a defining moment and so Please, spouses, if if you if you get those cries for attention, those calls to action, take them seriously, because the only reason we're here right now, we have three beautiful sons and um, we don't have perfect days, but we have many great days, uh, you know, and they're getting better and better all the time is because we doubled down on each other right because all i th- i was very ambitious i was like ah but i'm trying to do all this stuff and it's like well what the hell is the point of doing any of this stuff if my wife is not okay all that stuff is meaningless if my wife is not okay if my kids are not okay so um yeah it's just this is we're trying to give you as much of an accurate account of it was hell. It was a. It was two years. Was like pretty, pretty intense. We experienced moments that w- we know what hell looks like and feels like because we were locked in there for a while.
1: Especially like um, if you guys, people have the around you, your family, your friend, the very close to your heart, the person is there for you. All those things would be easy, but we was like you know. Looking for and couldn't find uh, really uh, someone, and then like that's why I was asking to Andrew, even I d- asking to my uh, uh, son was five six years five years old. He just please take care of your brother. Like let me, you know, like I'm I'm not so feeling good. Even he understands, like um, my mother is struggling with uh, the bread and she's sick and go to hospital like that. And if there's the Just two or one, even one great person around you, things will be better. Yeah. That's why, like, through this um, experience, I appear to really want to help to people who go through Tao and I can talk, like, you know, all those things I really experienced.
0: Yeah. So there, I mean, there's some stuff there, right? What we mentioned, what she mentioned, what Uyunga mentioned, is that she was feeling something that nobody in her life, myself included, could understand. She felt like it was life or death. And I just was like, can you just try harder? And for her, every time I said that, it would make it worse. So if you are struggling, you know, please reach out to somebody. And if somebody does reach out to you, especially somebody that you're married to, please try your best to exercise your empathy muscle as much as possible because trying to force them to just get over it really just makes things worse, right? Yeah. So do you have any advice as somebody um, who's doing much, much, much better? Do you have any advice for anybody out there who might be struggling with these kind of things, with depression, with loneliness? Again, such an easy label, but...
1: Yeah, I think um, these days is, you know, like... Through technology, we connect like more than enough, like Taos and whatever, print. But, uh, and I experienced there's the heart is not connected. Like, you know, that's why you go through a lot, like uh, things like that. You're looking for someone. Like, I'm dying, I'm dying. Who I can call? Like, you know, we really think about uh, heart during that time when people, life and death, come. And then, <clears throat> Um, I just want to really connect with each other, heart to heart. And really, you can ex- express your heart. And then you really, to listen other people's heart. That is the most important thing. Go through this kind of things. Together, we can overcome. Otherwise, uh, yeah, the Mongolian, that uh, lady was explaining um, to me, there was no connection. That's why people died. That's why they go
0: through so connection is key everybody um just remember that yeah so thank you honey thank you thank you for joining this podcast and i hope that was helpful for everybody please reach out if you have any questions um this is just our experience again we don't make any hard recommendations to do one approach over another other than learning to trust your intuition and listening to each other and coming to a solution that you can both live with and uh if you need any anything at all please reach out to us at high noon you can find my wife on social media uh she she's she's there and um yeah thank you so much for joining us say goodbye honey
1: thank you so much thank you
0: thank you everybody Hello, everybody. Andrew Love here, and I just wanted to add one more point. High Noon is a nonprofit organization, and we are run by donations. And although we've been doing okay, thanks to the massive generosity of our founders, the Wolfenburgers, we want to expand higher, 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 higher. We want to make a global impact. We want to reach every family. We want to change the culture. And for that to happen, we're gonna need a lot of volunteers and a lot of staff. That's just the reality. It takes money to travel, it takes money to do a lot of the things we do. And we wanna let you be a part of this growth. And so what we've created is a Donors Club, which is a $10 a month club. And when you join, you get a t-shirt, mailed to your door, you can get some exclusive content We also have some really good goodies for our tribe of people who are part of the Donors Club that we're going to talk about in the coming months. So I just wanted to invite you to be one of these people. Everybody can afford $10 a month. It's just a matter of whether it's a priority. So if you feel High Noon has impacted you positively or your family or somebody you know, please consider donating. I don't want you to give any money unless you really really want to but if you do want to i encourage you to really really donate so ten dollars a month is i don't know a cat a month i don't know how to measure it it's a giant hamburger and french fries a month that you can sacrifice in order to help this world become a more habitable more enjoyable more connected more loving place So please consider joining our Donors Club. It's just $10 a month. We look forward to seeing you on the inside of our secret society for donors. Have a good day.